Welcome to episode 76 of the Worldwide Chelsea Pod. It's another day and it's another win for Chelsea Football Club. 3-0 against Tottenham, which wasn't the easiest of games, but we managed to get it, get all the three points in the end, got the three goals. And I am joined in this pod to celebrate this win against Tottenham with a couple of great guests, a couple of great regular guests, starting off with Marv. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, my man. After a wonderful result, I'm feeling good, refreshed. I'm ready to hit it. So let's do it. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Happy with the result. Happy with life. And it's all good. Um, Jesters, you're my second guest. How are you doing? Yeah, you know, I guess I'm number two like we played in the first half. Um, <laughs> yeah, bad first half, good second half. Uh, we should have had five. In the second half, uh, could have had one in the first half, but we'll talk about that. But I'm, you know, I'm buzzing. We're still not at our best. We still don't have our best lineup on the pitch, uh, according to me, my opinion. And uh, we're still doing bits. You know, the only people person score against us was Mane. No, it was, excuse me, it was Salah, wasn't it? From Salah, yeah. Yeah, from a penalty. That's it. Other than that, everybody else is is still looking. Like, how, how, where are those guys at? We can't find that goal. It's like we hit it in the mist or something. Nobody knows where our goal is. Uh, we're going to keep it that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that we've not conceded any open play goal so far this season has been fantastic. Um, but we'll get into what is, well, first, we'll, we'll highlight something, obviously, that happened before the game. Uh, obviously, uh, if anyone doesn't already know, uh, Chelsea and Tottenham legend. Jimmy Greaves uh, passed away this morning at the age of 81. Um, did you not hear about it, Marv? I've been, I've been kind of out of the internet for the last day and a half. So I kind of, I mean, I've been on there, but not enough. I've been so busy. I didn't know that. That's really awful. Yeah, he passed away uh, this morning, um, age 81. Um, do you, any, obviously, just as I know you've been an international fan, you've not, um, you've only been paying attention to Chelsea in the last few years, but... Have either you got anything to say for uh, Jimmy Greaves at all? Well, legend, isn't he? And um, I mean, that's really awful. Another guy, uh, God rest his soul. And hopefully, hopefully he's uh, left a legacy that everyone will remember him forever and his family as well. Yeah. I mean, one thing I was saying to um, a couple of people this morning, it was such a strange thing that obviously it's, he, his passing has come on the day that both Chelsea and Tottenham were playing each other. Um, yeah. That 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 spooked me out a little bit this morning. I think obviously they gave a good uh, reception, both Chelsea and Tottenham fans together, which I thought was quite nice um, for a striker. Obviously, top goal scorer in uh, Tottenham's history with nearly 300 goals, and even for Chelsea, I think he scored 127 goals and 151 appearances. So, and he was Chelsea was the club he started out as. So he was. If anyone could uh, argue with the original Cobham, obviously probably didn't play at Cobham at that point, but he is the original youth, one of our own. And he was one, probably you could argue, one of the best strikers England's ever had. Um, Oh, dude, he definitely wouldn't have been Cobham. I think it was like a Harlington or something like that. I don't remember. I might have gone that wrong, but the old training facilities looked like they were playing down the park, at least in the 90s anyway. I don't know about when Jimmy played. 
Oh yeah, I mean, the, uh, are you lucky if you had two goalposts in the fifties? Yeah. It honestly, like uh, some of it looked like just going down the park. I remember seeing some videos of Zola and Viali training, and it was like that. So yeah, I mean, my one thing about it is, you know, he lived a full life, eighty-one years old. Uh, most of us would be lucky to get there. Um, so to me, it's not tragic at all. It's you know, it's part of what what makes us human is the fact that we all have an end. He absolutely had a full life. Got to see amazing things, got to do amazing things. You know, it, I wish I could live and do what half of what he did in my life. And I know I'll never get there because of, you know, he was he was uh, recognized as one of the greats that ever played. And uh, so, you know, we, we celebrate the life that he led and hope that we all could could live a, a fraction of what he did. That's all yeah. I really have to say about it. So, yeah, that's that's so hundred percent true. Um, it's exactly you've hit the nail on the coffin. Uh, hit the nail on the head there. Um, that was definitely, the wrong, that was there, definitely the wrong words to say. Um, Good lord! But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's I apologise for that. I didn't mean it in that way. I was said the wrong words but yeah i think it's head yeah on the head but um yeah it's just it is is um obviously it's everyone's paid their wishes condolences uh i saw a lot of good tributes on twitter today which and it was from as i said chelsea and tottenham fans for once uniting as one because obviously we both share love and passion for jimmy um so that was nice to see obviously Rivalries aside, some things are more important. So uh, credit to both Tottenham and Chelsea fans and the clubs at that point for that. Um, but let's get into the game. Obviously, was we'll start with the first half. It was, uh, to say it politely, it wasn't the best of first halves ever we've ever watched. Um, just as I'll start with you, just sum up what was wrong with that first half. Well, we lost a midfield battle and... We all know if you lose the midfield, you're you're gonna struggle to to create and defend because that's where the the ball is kept and and uh, the midfield is is you know if you have two final thirds, the other third of the pitch is the midfield, and it's by far the most important to transition from offense to defense and from 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 defense to offense. So um, we make you know that's what happened. We had four. Therefore, against R2, and uh, we struggled to, to build up. Uh, we still had a, cl- a couple clear, uh, pretty good chances. Um, the Mount Chance, uh, who who fluffed it twice in one play. I mean, Timo's been bad, but I don't even think he's he, he's fluffed a pass and then fluffed a return pat, a shot from from a, a potential assist. So. I mean, getting the two for the right there, but uh, yeah, it was poor. It wasn't to our standards. Yeah, Marv, what, what did you think of the first half? Uh, well, I def- I don't think that they uh, played well at all, but on reflection, we're looking, I mean, we had some chances. I was saying to uh, another fan earlier on that there was this was going to be like the Zenit game because Tottenham, the way they play with Nuno... They just sit back with as many players and, and wait. 
And if you've seen any of their games at the beginning, there, there is nothing there. There is absolutely nothing there. It's wait for Son and Kane to do something. And because they're only flashing the pan players that never deliver when it matters, that was never going to happen. Um, they sat back and they did absolutely nothing. I cannot think of anything apart from where Christensen had to do the acrobatic clearance that they did nothing. And even when, even though it was a terrible first half and we played very bad, we could have had two goals through Mount and Havertz. There was an unlucky strike from Christensen as well. So, I mean, if you look at it on a whole, we actually dominated this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, it was one, yeah, it was one thing I think Tottenham were never really had uh, any real chance, but obviously there were, we did have that struggle um, in the midfield and it did really affect our game. Um, one thing I will, what I was pointing out in the watch long that I was on. Do you think it was quite good tactics from Spurs at the beginning? Obviously, they seemed like to play, play the kind of diamond formation, obviously packed the midfield and played that kind of high press. Marv, do you think the tactics from Nuno in that first half were quite good to try and counteract that Jovic midfield and the general Chelsea formation? I'm going to say no, because we had chances. I think that um, if, if anything, he's done it that way and hoping that we were going to press the issue kind of like against Zenit. But even when we played Zenit, you know, we, there were half chances we failed to create. You know, if you only that playing like that is a masterful, it, it's an art, it's an art form. You've got to, you can't just sit and wait, 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 wait. It just won't work. You, and relying on quality of players that are overrated like Son and Kane, I, I don't think you're really going to get that. It might work one in five games, but you're playing against a team of so much quality and you're at home. Um, I think, like, you can't really praise that because you're playing at home. Really, you should be on the front foot. Uh, teams that sit off on the back foot right now against Chelsea just isn't working because now we've got Lukaku. We can play balls into him. So when you hit the final third, you've got control of the ball. And with the quality that we have, we create chances, even when we're playing bad. I mean, that first half, terrible. we come up and we've won this game 3-0. Uh, so you're looking, I mean, I'm looking at, how Nuno set up the team and I think maybe it worked for a team like Wolves well it didn't work the second season but in the first season it worked but you know they got promoted but they had a much higher quality line than all the other teams below that in that league and I just this is kind of what happens when you get your hundredth choice manager this is it I, I don't think they did uh, played well especially at home I think you sit back in camp and, and you, you get smashed 3-0. I think you, you've got to reevaluate how the team's supposed to play because the fans are paying like £60 or something to watch that game and they're getting Olaid in their own half, 3-0 down, and, and don't look like they're going to do anything at any point of the game. Yeah, Jess, what did you think of Nuno's tactical uh, tries in the first half? Do you think it worked well and just went away in the second half or do you think it was still poor, a bit poor from Nuno? Well, I think, uh, you know, first of all, he does not have the quality players that that we have at Chelsea. Uh, I don't, I don't care. They're they're then they're not as good man for man as ours. But he did set up the team to beat a two. Look, everybody knows how we're going to play now. It's going to be a three four three. So the best thing you can do is clog the middle, make it hard for our midfield to work to play, and with our slowest wingback combination on the pitch. It's very hard to pay, play through them because it's not like their game is to, to make a man miss and, and go past them and can stay past them because Alonso's never had the speed and um, Aspie is, is old and does not have the pace that he once had. So 
Um, I think he's set up well. He's set up to the best he could with what he has. But as soon as the the, the uh, halftime substitution was made and Conte came off and Mount went off, we we had we had the midfield sewed up. And once you got the midfield showed up, our quality can actually uh, shine because you can you can t- keep somebody's quality down by clogging up the middle and, and suppressing an attack, which which is which is what they did in the first half. Second half, that wasn't the case because you brought in Golo Kante in, and he's better than their whole midfield by himself. So it was like we brought in two subs at halftime because he's just that guy. Um, and so uh, Tuchel made the right decisions. He, he um, absolutely did. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of the praise should be going to him because not a lot of coaches pull somebody who of supposed quality of Mason Mount, uh, supposed star boy, next captain, and pull him off the pitch at halftime. So he doesn't care. He's going to do what's best for this team, and we have the right manager. So, you know, my hat's off to him. Brilliant decision. And uh, he's his... He's as much uh, a man of the match as anybody else, you can say, because he made the the tactical switch at halftime. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, as you said, it is a really ballsy move for Tuchel to take off a Mason Mount that, should we have been in Stamford Bridge, probably would have got a little bit of stick for. Um, But... Yeah, it's a it's a great move, and that did change the game. Obviously, we'll get in a bit more into Mason Mount and Kai Havertz's performances a little bit later on. But we'll start with obviously we'll the goalkeeper first of all. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a shock at the beginning to see Kepa on the um, team sheet, and for me, I thought he he had a good game. Nothing special because Tottenham didn't really. Um, punish Kepa, didn't really test Kepa too much. But Marv, what did you think of um, Kepa's performance? Are you worried a little bit about Mendy? No, not really. I think Mendy will be back. Um, I mean, it, thankfully it's happened uh, for maybe you'll miss the next one. I think, have we got a midweek game this, this week? We've got Carabao Cup match against Aston Villa. Game. We cannot throw away chances to win another trophy. I hate it when we get put up against a good team early. Because we don't take it seriously, we'll probably lose it, and, and I'll be annoyed. But that's a good chance for Kep to stay in the team, actually. So I would just stick with Kepa for the next game, and then bring Mendy back for the next uh, league match. Thankfully, Kepa had a really good game, but I was very worried when I saw the team sheet. Um, even though he, I mean, you know, he's earned it. But that Super Cup thing, he's kind of earned a new lease of life at Chelsea, and he played well. I mean, he made that one save that you know a couple of scenes ago that might have gone under him and gone in. So he, he did well there. Um, can't really complain. I mean, he's, he's made the save. He's played out some good passes from the back. Yeah, he's done done well. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at some quotes from Tuchel on Edward Mendy. He said to Adam Newsom from Football London, we tried everything throughout the week and yesterday in training. It was so-so. It come, The injury comes from last-minute kick against Zenit in the stomach. He did not feel comfortable to go for a full stretch or to land on it, and he didn't feel comfortable to fight at set pieces or corners. So, to that, I understand 
that why met why met why Kepa was picked. So obviously, if, if if a keeper's not feeling comfortable to make saves, then you can't really play him. To be honest, but hopefully that will be fixed by Man City and probably would get a rest anyway in the Carabao Cup. So we expect to see Kepa at Aston Villa. Um, Jesters, what did you think of Kepa's performance? I think he he did very very well. I mean, he kept a clean sheet. Uh, you know, that's as much down to our the way we play on defense than than the keepers. Mendy really doesn't usually uh, face that many shots. Uh, when he does, he's been brilliant. And and this, what can you say? That the shots he had to stop, the saves he had to made, he made. He played well out of the back. That's always been a part of his game. So if you make the saves you, that that are there for you to make, then you've done your job. You you take your hat off to him. He'll he'll likely play against Aston Villa at uh, on Wednesday. Uh, of course, we have a quick turnaround. We've got Wednesday game, then we have a Saturday game. So we have a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So there's only two games or two days in between the matches. So I expect heavy rotation on Wednesday, just because I think that Tuchel will want to 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 have his best for Man City, and I get that. So. Um, it is what it is. Uh, he he played well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he did all he could do. I mean, everything that he was tested with, he done positively. And I mean, you can't really give him like. I mean, we were, when we were saying in the stream about giving him a rating, you can't really give him more than a seven out of ten. He done all is needed. Didn't really do anything special, but at the same time, he didn't need to do anything special because there wasn't really much for him to do. Um. As Marv said, you hear it. He he was really right with the idea of um about having a new lease of life now after that Super Cup. He's kind of proved himself that he's had a good moment, and he is full of confidence at the moment under Tuchel. So I do have faith, a bit more faith in him to come into matches and uh, put up. I think he will play against Aston Villa because I think Mendy's got to get the rest. And as Jester said, I think it will be a highly rotated team. I think. As much as the Carabao Cup is a trophy, it's a trophy, and we always want to win a trophy. I think we've got to have the idea that at some point the Carabao Cup might be thrown away anyway, because obviously we have the issue of the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup is like last time it'll be the day after the Club World Cup, so or the day before. So there will be a situation where in the quarterfinal we could potentially have to play the kids anyway or play a very weak uh, fringe squad for that instead and the club world cup um so if we lose it i will be obviously a bit disappointed because it's a trophy but then in hindsight it does mean we can just take a full squad to club world cup win that hopefully and then move on because I, the club world cup is something i really want to win because we haven't won it before um so we'll have to wait and see if that time comes but we've got a big squad, so hopefully we can win all the games we've got coming up. Um, next, to move on to one of the best parts of our team at the moment, and I'd argue probably the three, some of the three best centre backs that are on form at the moment: um, Christensen, Rudiger, and for me, who would be my man in the match today, Thiago Silva. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Jesters, what did you think of all three of their performances today? Uh, they were outstanding, of course. Tiago and Rudiger, you got to highlight, especially because they scored. And every, anytime you have a defender score, that's just bonus points, right? Um, 
it is what it is with them. Uh, they, they work very well. And that's our best back three. Uh, I know everybody likes to say it's, it's Aspie, but Christensen's got a lot more pace. He's, he's taller. Uh, and for me, he's just, he's gone up a level um, in his formation. He's, he, you know, I remember him playing uh, with Conte, and he was the center of the back three, and he he was best he was best in that in that formation, and he can play right, left, or center in, in this formation. And uh, best back three, uh, I would say best defense in the Premier League by far. I don't want to hear Man City or Liverpool say any more about it. They're not as good as Rudiger, Thiago Silva, and Christensen. Even if you want to throw Aspie in there. And we can put somebody like Chalaba in there and still keep a clean sheet. So I, I really I don't want to hear, hear it anymore. This is the best defense in the Premier League, probably the best defense in the world. And uh, people are just going to accept that we're winners and they're losers. That's just They're going to have to accept it now. Yeah, definitely. I think we are supremely good at the moment with our defenders. I think all of them are in form. All of them are just top-class defenders. And one of them to highlight as, as as the one that I, as I said, the stream is probably one that's still the best defender in Europe at nearly 37, Thiago Silva. What what a player he is, and it is a joy to see him at this club. I wish I just wish we got him five or five or ten years ago because what what where would we where would we have been if we had him for that long? Um, Marv, what did you think of the three defenders today? Well, again, they're absolutely flawless. Um, the the highlight of the match, even though obviously quite clearly my favourite defender is Rudiger, um, the highlight for me of one part of the whole game was Christensen's clearance in the first half. The acrobatic clearance. That if he misses that, they're in on goal. No, it's Tottenham, so they're going to put it over or wide. But what a, what a bit of play. And it, he contributed a lot. To, I, I don't think he misplaced a single pass. Um, then Thiago Silva with the bullet header. He's unlucky not to have two goals. Silva... And then Rudiger pops up. They're not only the best defenders, they're also contributing to all the goals. So, I mean, and yeah, there is no better defence in the world than us. And at this point, I think Rudiger is the best defender in the world. And every time I say that, I feel vindicated for, you know, being somebody that's backed him from the beginning because I believe in his ability. Um, the whole of them, fantastic. Even when they stick Trevor Chalabar in, we, we look good. Um, and that's the sign of a system that's really working well. And there are people who say, oh, yeah, they're playing five at the back. You know, just trying to make stupid excuses. Tottenham play five at the back. They've just let in three goals. And they could have been five, six or seven. So, you know, it's, you know you've know you got to give credit where it is due. And we are just the fucking best. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, any, any defender that we're putting in at the moment is just looking great. And that, that's why I'm kind of, while it means we get to see a little bit more of Shalabar, the fact that we didn't get Kunde, I feel like if Kunde, this would be the perfect time for Kunde because everyone's in form, everyone looks good around him, and maybe that just helps him transition a little bit. But I think we'll, I think I think we'll get him in January, and we'll see how he tries to get into this team because I think it's he'll, he'll face a challenge trying to get in the starting lineup at the moment because we've He's got gonna- five good defenders. I think the idea with him is that he's uh, looking to take uh, the position of Aspie, but then Aspie can also play on the right, so it would really add us a lot more flexibility. Um, Akundi is a really good player. I think like when we were linked with him, he was my first choice because the way he plays, 
He's does a lot like Rudiger, loves to drive forward with the ball. His passing is immaculate. He's actually good in the air for his size, which Aspie maybe is not. Um, that is not disrespecting Aspie, a legend of the club. Um, but someone who's 22, there's potentially 13, 14 years of a player in there if he turns out good. And that is worth the 40 to 50 million risk, in my opinion. Definitely. I mean, even if we have to pay a little bit more, but I don't think we will because he's not exactly happy at the club. So that, that does drive prices down. But yeah, I think he's worth it. And I think the, with the way we've got a good defence at the moment, we can we can risk having him in the team. Maybe if he's not playing well straight away, we've got other players that can play there at the moment. And then he can breed himself into slowly over time. But I mean, I, I, I can't praise his defence enough. It's fantastic. And yeah, it is down to the system. I think the system complements him all very well. But as I think it's also their individual qualities, like... A system doesn't help you make the blocks that they do. Thiago Silva, Chris and Rudiger today all made great blocks in different challenges at different points of the game. And we see it count countless times every single game. And it's just fantastic to see um, that we've got, we've really got a great defence. I think we've always, I'm not, I'm not saying we are defensive, but I think we've all, Chelsea have always built themselves behind having a good defence uh, especially in the Roman Abramovich era, it's nice to want, finally see that again. And I mean, one not conceding the goal in open play is just a fantastic achievement to have this season. So we'll have to keep going with this, and hopefully the defence keeps going on. Um, moving up into a position into the midfield. Um, obviously, we mentioned that the midfield kind of got right overran. But what did you think of Kovacic and Jorginho's? Um, performances in the second half. Obviously, Kante came in and changed the game. So, did you think they improved into the second half, Justice? Yeah, I think so. I, I just looking at stats right now, and I didn't even know that Kovacic assisted on a goal. <laughs> I Which looked, one did he assist? Was it the Kante one? Kante. Yeah, one. it had to be the Kante one. Yeah, yeah the, I think I remember that now. Yeah, Onzo, Kova, and Werner. Yeah, and so I was, I was like, I didn't even know that. Of course, we did our ratings, so yeah. Um, I think they were better the second half than the first half, obviously, uh, when you're when you're uh, clogging up the middle that much and it's two on four sometimes. It's hard for you to, to, to play well, uh, but once you drop Conte in there, it's it's basically four on four, even though you have three in the midfield. Because uh, he he can mark two people out of the game, and uh, they they kicked on from there without much needed stability. And look, midfield is the engine that makes everything run. And when it's sputtering, you look bad. When when it's when it's clicking, you look like a, a masterclass. So yeah, after halftime, better than before halftime, but uh, still did what they didn't do. So. Can't ask for much more. Yeah, definitely. Um, Marv, what did you think of the midfield, particularly in the second half? Uh, well, fantastic again. I mean, there are a lot of people eating their words um, over Jorginho, but I think that one of the ones that seems to go over the radar a lot because he doesn't score enough goals is, is Kovacic. Um, and I will, I will admit, I mean, I've always kind of liked the player, but I, I did laugh when... We were valued. They, you know, they said, "Oh, Chelsea, I have to pay forty million. I was like, "Yeah, good luck. You'll be waiting a while for that payment." And then it gets signed. And um, but 
I think he's absolutely fantastic. I honestly think that at the moment he's one of the best in the world as well. There's no one that can drive out of space like he can, go past people. He's got so much ability. And again, he was absolutely incredible today. I think like it's quite the fact that he's won a position in the midfield that has Jorginho and Kante as well at the moment is, is also amazing. And both of them together, they controlled it. I mean, in that second half, we could have won 7-0. And we can't ignore the contribution from them uh, regarding that, to be honest. Yeah, I think Kovacic has stepped up a lot this season. I mean, I, I in the summer, I, I after seeing obviously Jorginho improve and become a vital member of the team, I did. I was making comments for Kovacic to look to step up because I always thought both of them kind of didn't do enough. But pre- credit to Kovacic at the moment, he is stepping up. Hopefully, he continues it for the rest of the season. I, I, again, I don't think the first half, while he was not the best, I don't think it was really his fault and he did improve into the second half. So let, let's hope that Kovacic can improve and keep at this level because if he does, then again, he still he keep, he gives Tuchel a, a bit of a selection headache in terms of we can't really, we can't, we've got two midfielder spots and three, to, three and then if Sal starts playing well, four midfielders that are playing really well. So we'll have to wait and see for that. Um Going into a player that has come into the squad um, this this season as a first choice and has played really well and once again picked up an assist again today and was fantastic, and that is Marcus Alonso. Marv, I know you're a little bit of a fan of Marcus Alonso, so um, what do you think of, his, of him today and his overall performance? And Do you think he's just keeping Chihuahua out of this team now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, whenever you play that system, he's, he's absolutely the best. Um, because he can... The reason what makes him the best in the world in that specific position, that specific system, is that he's an aerial threat, whereas other left-sided wide wing-backs are not an aerial threat. He's got an absolute bullet of a left foot that will pop up and bail you out of some goals. Yeah, OK, he's not the fastest, but I also think that his defensive ability is sometimes over, uh, under understated because of maybe one or two mistakes. A lot like David Luiz when he played for Chelsea. I think, you know, he made a couple of mistakes, but that's three and four out of a whole season. I mean, that's not enough to condemn a player as error prone. And um, yeah, for me, again, every time he plays Tottenham, he's bloody awesome. And again, I mean, great corner for Thiago Silva. He put in a few good crosses, uh, good tackles. He's a very, very good player. And again, he's, I mean, in terms of, we don't really know what's happened with Chilwell. He said a few mental potential issues, but, you know, Chilwell's still young. And it doesn't mean like one's in, one's permanently out. Chilwell will be back in the team. I think he might even play at the week, uh, in midweek. Um, and that's a great chance for him to stamp his authority back in his position. Uh, this is a big club, and we need to have great players in every position, not just one. That's been a problem with us in previous seasons. When it gets so bad, we have to start giving Barkley minutes. So, you know, <laughs> we, we need to make sure we, we keep this competition. I'm so happy we never sold Alonso, because he was part of the original offer for Lukaku, wasn't he? Uh, I'm so glad we lost Emerson. Emerson is nowhere near Alonso, and I would fight anyone that seems to believe that ridiculous take. Um, Alonso is a very good player for the club and again great today yeah I agree with you on the Emerson part I think I always my I always had the little problem with the whole West Brom thing um, I always think in situations like that I, I it always just tarn, tarnishes someone's if they're, even if they're playing well I kind of just it always go back to that and I always feel 
you have to do something very good over a st- period of time to win me over. I think he is starting to win me over. I think I, I think he deserves a place in the squad. I think um, we'll keep him there, and it it gives me the kind of solution. Nope, don't get another left back. Just keep the two we're playing. Whoever is playing better gets in the squad. Um, Jester, what did we you think of? I just want to come in there. We we don't know what happened there. Um, I mean, if if we, you know, when he walked off, and he could have been told to do something completely different, and then when he did it, he was good. Because I've been there, I've been in that position when I've played, uh, where we've been given ridiculously bad instructions, and then you get blamed for it. And I get the feeling it might have something like that because Alonso, we've never seen any other problems with Alonso in his entire time, not under Sari, not under Conte, and he, he spent large periods not playing with Sari. And we didn't hear him walking off, walking onto the, the bus and stuff. So, you know, we, if it's one incident ever, we have to kind of think about it. You know what nearly happened with the Rudiger uh, situation? People were blaming him and for stuff we didn't know. And, and you know, we, we never know what's happening with the coach. We, we can't just because, you know, Lampard being a hero of the club, he's not faultless. And he was a very inexperienced manager. So there may have been something there before we, we judge the players. And, you know, he's responded well, hasn't he? I mean, he's played great with one thing. So that's the only things players can do to redeem themselves. Yeah, I understand your point. Obviously, I, 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 I think the only thing I'd counter that is just, I feel like w- walking off onto the team, even if the manager has done something that's, that's annoyed you and that, but I think it just even with the, the team itself, it just looks bad on the team if you're just walking out onto the bus um whether 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 it was due to what Lampard said or what or if, if anything has happened with Alonso we obviously we don't know all that part and that that will probably come out at some stage someone will talk about it in the future but I feel like even just just so I mean I wouldn't have minded if he just sulked on the bench but just to go to the team bus I feel like if I was a teammate a little bit obviously again we don't know the situation but I just feel a bit I would feel as a teammate just a little bit peed off if you just went to sulk on the bus or something but we'll we'll, 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 that's what we're under the bridge and he's playing well so we'll just we'll we'll, we'll support every player as we always do Um, he's doing enough to prove me to win me back so that's that and many fans back so that's all that matters Um, Jester's what did you think of Alonso's performance today uh, and his overall performance this season? Well, I think the last two performances were, were a little bit poor on his end. Uh, but, you know, we were starting to see the other Alonso. You know, when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad. There's kind of no in-between with him. Some, you know, um, so the last two performances, I saw I, I saw his, his performances drop. But you have to give it to the man. He played brilliantly today. You can't fault him for anything. He had four shots, two on target, four key passes. He even had it completed a dribble. I mean, Marcus Alonso completed a dribble. Brilliant. Uh, he's fouled three times uh, and did everything you at, you would want a uh, left wing back to do. Uh, could have had a goal. She probably should have had a goal. Got a little bit unlucky there. Uh, twice. He had one that a volley that was tipped over. And then, uh, of course... Uh, Eric Dyer cleared the, the the second one off the line, but uh, yeah, I can't say anything negative about the guy. Look, player, I I love all Chelsea players. If they're good, they're good. If they're bad, they're bad. I'm gonna say it like it is. He was a good player. He outplayed. You know, our defense was better than our offense. He's part of 
both, but uh, probably our best offensive player. I guess that's fair to say today. So yeah, Brady. Yeah. Maybe I mean, like uh, like Jester said, you know, he's got to you've got to hand it to him. You know, people people asking for your money holding a gun, you you've got to give it to them, really, haven't you? <laughs> well, yeah, unless you have one too. <laughs> if, if, if you don't, then yeah, you gotta give it over. Uh, but he again, he played, he did everything and more. Uh, so anytime you have a defender, I guess he's half defender, half offensive player from the wingback position. Um, when you get goals from them, it's it's always a plus. And no attacking player scored today, by the way. That, that is true. Um, obviously, we'll highlight onto one midfielder before we move into the attacking players um Kante obviously come on changed the game uh by being that extra man in the midfield and winning the midfield back and he got his goal obviously it was helped by Mr Diabolical himself um at the back being typical Eric Dyer but Marv I'll start with you what did you think of Kansas Day? And obviously, he got his goal in the end. Are you happy of his performance and happy of him? Well, of course, he's the best in the world. And, uh, you know, he, the, the, I, t- I tweeted it before. The sub actually won us the game. He comes on. We start winning all our duels. We, we get a goal, and then he gets another one himself. He's just an abs- he's phenomenal. And whenever he finishes leave, doesn't play, we've lost an absolute machine. And I think we're at the point now where he needs to be considered among the best ever players we've had. Um, obviously, you've, you've both been to the many games. Um, when I very first saw him, well, I think you, you both have. When, we both, when I uh, went to see Chelsea and saw the first game of Kante, I can't remember we played. I think we won two 0 against someone. It might have been Bourne or someone like that. But um, he was absolutely all over it. He appears in places you didn't even see. Uh, you're watching and you're like, "Well, Kante, I thought he was over there." Boom, he's won the ball. He's just absolutely phenomenal. And there is an argument for him being even better than Makaleli. And I know we we hold him in really high high regards, but Kante, he is absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I would I would argue he he now is better than Makaleli. I think I've been having that kind of is he, is he not for the last like year or two? But now I think he's, for me, cemented better than Mac May. And I'd argue he's fighting with Lampard for the best Chelsea midfielder ever. Let's see um, what happens in a couple of seasons, how much we can win. But I definitely think he's he's there. He is there. Yeah, he's there or thereabouts. Um, Jesters, what did you think of Kante's performance and just Kante overall? Well, Conte was doing Conte things, you know. Um, he comes on and he changes the game automatically, you know, immediately. There's not one second of the second half that he didn't change. He changed the whole thing. He changed the dynamic of the game. We were nil-nil first half. Comes on, we score three and could have scored five in one half of football. He is just a brilliant player. He, he just, he's always in the right place at the right time doing the right things. And that's the best thing you can ever say. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, it looks effortless because it is because he's always where he needs to be. So it's not like he has to track back 30, 40 yards, which he can do because he's already right where he should be. He's already read the play. He knows where the ball's going. So it's easy for him. And to top it off, 
he does the one thing we've been asking for our midfielders and, and our tens to do. Shoot outside the box. If there's nothing on, pop one. You never know what's going to happen. You could have a rebound that gets that somebody gets on. You could have a deflection that goes in. Imagine that. So N'Golo Conte is not only showing defensive midfielders how to play, he's showing offensive midfielders how to play the game. If you're in space, you shoot. He did. It, I think it, he got the goals that was still on target when he shot it. Of course, the, the deflection makes it uh, an easy goal because Lloris is never getting there. But he did the one thing that I've been asking for. Shoot from outside the box. Make them account for you. If they know you're not going to shoot and they, they fall off of you, that's just one more person in the box to jam it up. Make them come out and play you. Give us some space. And Golu Conti's a special, special talent. And the most humble and the nicest person in the world. Okay? I've never heard anybody say anything bad about this man. So he, he he's humble. He's not about the life, showing off the money he makes. Still driving the Mini Cooper that uh, um, Vardy bought for him. He doesn't care. He's not about that life. He He's just, I wish we had more people in the world like him. So that's the best compliment I can give him. Yeah, I mean, there's always this, there's always the uh, saying, don't never meet your famous role models. But I, I, I don't think that applies to Kante because I, I, he's just a wonderful guy. I mean, even with his celebration, he was so humble. He didn't know what to do. And it got to the point everyone just crowded around him and gave him a pat because it's just that's just a typical Kante thing to do. Even against our worst rivals, you expect like Rudiger was typical Rudiger shithousery, just giving it in their faces. Thiago Silva kissing the badge. Kante's just nice little Kante just sits there and was like, wow, did I score? Because I don't think he expects it of himself, but what 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 a man he is! I mean, if, if there was an award for nicest man on the planet, I, I don't see why people wouldn't give it to Kante because he's just a wonderful, wonderful man. I don't Close. think. I think. I think if if anyone if anyone disagrees, if anyone thinks he's not a nice man, then I'm sorry, you're going to hell. I, I don't see what I don't see what any, I don't see what what else would be a defining factor. If you don't like Kante, I, there's something wrong with you. But there there you go. I mean. Now we're going to move into a topic that's going to be a bit more of a negative talk. Uh, and that is the front three. Obviously, I think we're going to probably pick out one man more than the other because he gets defended and his class is undroppable by fans. Um, but we, we, we'll make it clear that both uh, players in the front three were not good enough today. And it's a bit of an overarching problem that started to occur this whole season. Marv, what did you think of both Kai and Mason's performance today and what needs to improve? Well, well, you know what they say, in Britain, they call it a lift, but Americans call it an elevator. And I guess they're just raised differently. And uh, that's to lighten the mood. So, uh, yeah, both of them shocking. Uh, I actually think Mount was a bit worse. <laughs> I actually think Mount was a bit worse than, than Havertz. Um, but still, Havertz also missed a kind of air shot. A few. You can kind of 
like let them off at it, you know, a little bit because you know games are going to have bad games. But what would worry me the most is that Mounts had a lot of them at the beginning of the season. Um, he was terribly in the Euros too. Well, I don't. I can't really. I mean, you know, that's managed by an idiot, and uh, you know, we lost because two bums shouldn't be playing Costas by missing penalties, and then Saka missed one as well. Uh, Mount didn't even play there, so I can't really criticise Mount for that. Um, but no, I'm a big fan of Mount. Um, but apart from that standing cross, angled cross he takes from the right or from the left, his creativity has really been lacking. There are so many opportunities where he could slip Lukaku in, slip someone else in, and he holds the ball, goes back, and tries to do something else. And it's happened since the beginning of this season. He's, he's got a couple of assists, I think, hasn't he? So he's been all right, but he's very, very concerning. I, I really, And I've said it before, I love the player. I think he's great, but I think he's better when he plays from deep. When he plays from deep, he's a much better player, in my opinion. I don't like him in that wide left, wide right. And I think we've got better players to play there. I think that in that position, Werner is more effective. And I would think a Pulisic's much more effective because he can at least beat his man and get that little bit of space to get something off. Um, Havertz, of course, has got pace. So, you know, he's got the pace and that little bit of skill and he's probably got a bit more of an eye for goal. Um, that being said, they were both terrible. And I don't know why we didn't go for Werner a bit earlier. Um, but it definitely worries me, this, because we've got a good attack and we're playing players there that maybe are not really suited. I don't think Mount has quite the connection with Lukaku at the moment. You see Lukaku making the run often and it just the ball never comes. Um, and this has been at least three games in a row now. So, I mean, we've got to start looking at putting Mount on the bench, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people are going to be against that because they love him and they think he walks on water. But the truth is, he does. And he's been great, you know. He's, and, and we have to remember they're both very young players. So there's a lot of room for improvement, which is great. But, you know, we need to win every game. We cannot afford to drop points to shit teams like we did last season. And, and there are shit teams. Or people say, there's Premier League, there's no bad teams. There are at least seven. And it does oh, concern seven. Possibly, yeah. And it, it does concern me. Yeah, we've scored a lot of goals. So, really, we're maybe nitpicking at something that doesn't really need to be. But both of them... Uh, Habits was poor at the beginning of last season as well. I think in... In general terms, Habits is much more of a second half of the season player, judging on statistics, even in his seasons at Leverkusen. Um, the good thing is they're both young and they've both got a long way to go to improve. But yeah, the performance today from them too, they, they stunk the pitch out, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, just as I'll let you get into it because you, you I know you have a lot to say on this kind of situation. So what do you think of the front three, well, the attack intense today? Yeah, um, look, they weren't good. And I, I will highlight one moment from out. He's got the ball in the center. He's got Kai Havers to his left, Lukaku to the right. If you put the ball in front of Lukaku there, he scores. Hits it one time with his right foot. Remember, Lukaku can, pl- can hit the ball with both feet. He doesn't have to play it on his left. And he plays the ball behind him, which means he has to stop. And then Lukaku makes a very nice one, you know, no touch, first time touch, pass back to Mount, and Mount fluffs the shot. He falls over. Now, I'm sorry. I, I cannot hear this undroppable best player on the pitch runs around a lot. Where was he in the midfield today? Where was he tracking back? Where was he closing people down? All the stuff I'm told that he does so well. He did none of it today. 
zero. Nada, zip, zilch. Kai, look, you, you, you've got to do more. You scored one goal. Uh, Mount has one assist. He does not have two. He has one. And that was to Reese James, the easiest pass. I can make that pass. He was wide open. If it, You know, that, you can't say well, that was a great pass. No, it was something every professional would have done. Um, Kai, Kai's better off the right than he is the left. I don't know why Mount was on the right and Kai was on the left. I'm sure there was there was something there that was beyond me because Tuchel's smarter than me when it comes to football. But I just I don't need to hear any more about Mount. Let him be 22. Let him be an eight. He's not a 10. He's not a winger. He's not a forward. He's an eight. Unfortunately, we don't play with eights. So you have better options sitting on the bench, or well, some of them are not, not on the bench today, but Werner could have come on at halftime. I was I was calling for N'Golo and Werner to come on at halftime um, because it was open. There was space in between. They weren't playing a low block as in sitting way far back. They were they were there for the taking. There was space that, that, that Werner could have run into. And when he came on, you saw what he did. Uh, of course, he did the typical Timo things, but at least, <clears throat> you know, he showed more in the 20 minutes than, than Kai did in 60 and uh, or 70, yeah, 70 minutes or 69 minutes that Kai played and the 45 that Mount played. He was better than both of them. Um, Golo Kante came in and did everything that we say Mount should do. You know, Mount's supposed to have this excellent shot. Never shoots outside the box. And Kante does it. And Kante presses, shoots, scores, passes, does all the things that we credit Mount for doing. At a certain point, whatever your agenda is, whatever your feelings about, about him is, and then look, I'm a Mount supporter. I like Mason Mount as a number eight. I don't like him as a 10. I don't like him as a winger. I don't like him as a forward. So we just have to be real about it. We have better offensive often, options in this team right now. Even a, a Callum Hudson-Odoi would have been better today than Mason Mountain Kai Havertz. And you know what I think about Callum. So that's, that's all you need to know is they're going to have to step up. Look, I don't worry about Kai because I, he, he has more of the physical attributes that Mount doesn't. Mount has to work harder. He doesn't have the pace. He doesn't really have the size. Kai has the pace. Kai has the size. And, and Mount will never have that. So, so Mount has to work hard. Fine. That's your, life, that's your uh, lot in life. No, every, not everybody can be 6'10 and can dunk a, dunk a basketball. Some people are 5'5. Five, five. So you got to work hard. Doesn't mean it's not possible. Um, so for me, uh, I need to see Christian Pulisic play with Romelu Lukaku, and I need to see uh, Timo Werner play with Romelu Lukaku because Timo will give you create space making runs. He had an assist when he came on, and Christian Pulisic is our, our player clo most closely modeled after Lautaro Martinez, as in he he plays the most like Lautaro Martinez, and you saw what. Those two did in, in Serie A last year. So if you have somebody who will play the ball and make runs off of you, that's what Lukaku needs because it opens up space. He can use you as a dummy or he can lay the ball off to you. 
makes offense a lot easier than what we're doing right now. So for me, if they both got got a little bit of pine time, that'd be fine. That'd be fine for me. Yeah, I mean, the question I just posed to you, obviously, you mentioned that um, Mount is best suited at the number eight and you don't like to see him in the winger forward line or whatever. Um, and I, I do agree with you that I think that Mount is his best position as number eight. So what, what would you do with Mason Mount? Because obviously we don't, the problem is we don't play the number eight. So what, what, how would you, what would you do with Mason Mount in this scenario? Well, we did today. We, I mean, we actually played a 5-3-2 in the second half. That's what Conte came in to do. So, look, you can, you can play one of Timo, you can play Pulisic, you can play Kai, you can play Ziyech in the first half. Get your goals, get ahead. And then you can, you can bring in a Mason Mount at halftime. Show up that, in the middle of the pitch and play a different style of football. So if you want to play a 5-3-2, you can play Mason Mount in that midfield three. If, but if you're going to play the 3-4-2-1 or the 1-2, Mason Mount is not that. He lacks that bit of pace. He, he lacks that bit of what you would have as a winger, as a forward, of that, just that little extra magic you have. Uh, being able to know what to do um, and how to do it correctly. So for me, I I can't wait to see uh, my favorite player, Christian Pulisic, play with Romelu Lukaku because if he can stay healthy, I think those two will absolutely do bits because Christian knows how to play with Romelu Lukaku. And I've said this on previous streams that the best we saw out of Christian Pulisic was playing with Olivier Giroux in the restart, and he is the closest thing that he, that anybody has, anybody on the team has played who played with uh, is similar as uh, Romelu Lukaku. They're the most similar of the, of the strikers that's been through here lately. Um, they're not to the same level, but they're similar. He, you know, he he can make one touch, cross the ball in, play one twos with him, make dummy runs for the striker. All of these things that Romelu Lukaku needs to show you everything that's in his locker, and I, I just again, you can play, you can play him out if you go to a five-three-two. You can play him out in the second half, and he's just going to accept a, a lesser role if somebody else comes on and does the things that 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 we're not seeing right now. And I think that you can get that both from Timo Werner with how, how he plays and Christian Pulisic and the way he plays. So I don't want to hear any more about it. It needs to happen. I need to see it. Yeah, that's a fair answer, to be fair. Um, there's there's a tweet that I've picked out from a certain big YouTuber. Uh, well, YouTuber mm-hmm. slash... I wasn't going to na- say the name, but yes. Um, I saw the same one. <laughs> I, I don't know whether it's... So he mentioned during the game, with, we're, we're critiquing the cams in the team... But this critique of Mount and Kai today has also been applied to Ziyech and Pulisic as well. Is there a discussion possibly that the system can hinder the attack a bit? Not seeing anyone play off Lukaku or near to him well. Guys, do do, do you think the system is hindering our attack or do you think it's more player performances? An excuse. We can't play gung-ho football like we did under Lampard and win stuff. Uh, There needs to always be a balance. 
Uh, same when we played under Mourinho, you know, when, when we were good. Like, everything is a balance. I don't expect them to get 20-plus assists. I expect Chelsea to win games. And that's exactly what we are doing. Um, I don't think there's any viable criticism on Pulisic apart from his injury record. Um, other than that, I mean, his performances are great. He scored in the bloody game he played. I mean, people were questioning, like, what, like other stuff. He, he scored against Real Madrid, you know, and he assisted the winner. Like, in my, that, that's our best attacker, in my opinion. And I think that um, the, the core problem with it is that we've got to understand that because he's the only 1v1 player in the entire team. And that, for me, is a concern still. I like 1v1 wingers, and I feel that that's the best way to go when we're trying to unlock defensive. But now we've got Lukaku, we play balls into him, so we've got the runners of him behind, which is another way. Um, if we're really, I mean, yeah, we're stacked, and, and I agree with, I agree completely with what Jester said. I like Mount as an 8, but not as a 10. I do not like him as a 10. He just doesn't have the eye. He doesn't have the vision for it. And this was the same last season. The final ball is just not that good. He's good at standing crosses, but it's just not there. Whereas with Pulisic, you've got somebody who can open up that space by beating a man. And he's normally good at releasing the ball at just the right time. And Timo, you know, he might miss a lot of chances and all that stuff, but he, he makes the right decision in the final third a lot. And case in point today, the first chance he got to create something, he created a goal. It was the first time that he did it, and a brilliant pullback. You see Mount, Alonso, oh, Alonso was brilliant. You see Mount and other wingbacks, they're just going to fire that into the first man. And, you know, if you're not seeing that happening, then there has to be questions about bias, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of fans that obviously are biased towards Mason Mount and other similar players. Like that. I, do, I do think while there can be an argument that certain players may not perfectly fit this particular system, I think overall it's a good system that, allows attacking players to thrive so I, d- I don't think i think nini is wrong in suggesting that that is just trying to cav- get a caveat out of trying again once again to deflect the blame from the fact that mount is at a poor game so that is one of the things and you we've kind of transitioned just into another point that is another positive to talk about and that is finally timo werner got a good amount of game to that time today. He got his assist, um, missed a couple of chances that people argue he should have scored. But, Marv, what do you think of Timo's performance today? And Do you want to see him more on the pitch? Absolutely, yes, I do. Um, I'm not one of those guys, oh, this guy should be playing like we were hearing all the time when hudson Odoi wasn't playing or last season when Tammy wasn't playing. Um, so I'm going to back Tuchel, you know, we've seen success, so he's earned the right to choose his team and we're winning games, so we cannot complain. If it were up to me, however, Mount would be straight to the bench and, and Werner would take his place and there would be a potential for rotation between Pulisic and Havertz at this point. But then that's just my opinion. I think that Werner is really good at making the runs in behind and with Lukaku, that is a match made in heaven. Um, I also think when you hit Werner with the ball in the final third, you're likely to get a goal, uh, a goal involvement. Um, with with uh, Mount, you've not really been getting enough of that. And, and even with uh, Havertz will score, I feel, maybe a bit more than Werner. But in general, I, I would like to have Werner in. I would, if it were up to me, he would be playing in the next games. Yeah, I mean, Marv, did you think any of the chances that Timo Werner missed were big chances, as people would normally say? Or do you think it was more different scenarios of them chances? Okay, so it's a bit, you know, when you just get on 
it can happen. Um, I would say the one Lukaku rolled off from, he probably should have hit first time and scored, um, you know. So there is an argument for that. And that one where he rolled into the keeper, there's there's no hiding the fact that he's struggling to get goals when he probably should score. But at the same time, why is it he's getting into those positions to make the chance? It's because he's really good at timing the run, getting in the right spaces. Our other attackers cannot do that. That's why in the first half we didn't see that. But with Werner, he's in behind twice. That's not a coincidence. It's the fact that he knows when to move. His movement is incredible. I think it's one of the best of the club off the ball. And yeah, I think we undersell that ability too because that roll off and he's in behind, we're in of a chance. And yeah, he might have missed two, but teams are scared of that. So when Lukaku's going to get the ball into feet, people are going to say, oh, where's Timo? And then Lukaku's like, oh, I can shoot or I can roll it off to Pulisic. Pulisic's then got an isolation going. One player, one-on-one. Boom, he beats him. It's a goal. So, I mean, for me, I think, yeah, we've got so many. I would like to see Werner play. I think that he came on and he created a goal. So that's what the stat's going to tell us. And we won 3-0. So he's come on and he's affected the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, sorry, I, my mute button was not working. But um, just as what, what did you think of Timo's performance today? It was a typical Timo performance. Should have had two goals and assist instead of just had an assist. But again, the game is open when Timo's on the pitch because he has the speed. He, you know, T- Kai is fast, but Timo has more suddenness to his speed. He's he's at his top speed faster. Um, you know, everybody says he didn't pick out that ball to Rudiger. No, but he put it in the proper place. When you're on the byline or the touchline, whatever you want to call it, you play the ball to the penalty spot because somebody's going to be there. And Rudiger got onto it, put the ball in the back of the net. Brilliant. Downside is, I think he should have had two goals. Um, but we can we will chalk that up to him not getting the game time. If everybody's going to talk about other players not being short because of game time, you have to give Timo that excuse too. So uh, it it's again you give him the excuse. Okay, fine, but he still was positive. He had a positive effect on the game when he came on. He had an assist. So the question needs to be asked now: Why isn't he getting the game time? Because he's obviously gives us something that Kai Timo, or excuse me, Kai Mount and Ziyech are not giving us. Comes on for 20 minutes, 21 minutes. Scored, uh, helps the uh, team look better than than before he came on. So, yeah, I just think that uh, he needs to get more game time. And if he shows out, then he's he's here. If he If he doesn't, then you look at other options, but at least give him the chance to play his way into this team. And with the performances late lately of the other two tens have been playing, or the other three tens, Ziyech, Kai, and Mount, there's no reason that he shouldn't be given this chance. So I just want to drop some breaking news. Um, Thomas Tuchel wants to keep Thiago Silva for another year. That's so, fantastic. I. I mean, as I said, stay more than one. I did mention that. I said there's a chance we'd get him for three. Yeah. So that's just been reported by uh, Andres uh, Corson. 
So perfect. I mean, yeah, I think that's what that's a kind. Of, see, the thing is with Tiago, you obviously it's good saying that now. It's just obviously with, with his age, there isn't the expectation that when he does decline, it will be probably quite a rapid decline. But it, I think it's one of them things you take it by here. You you see how he plays for the rest of the season. If he's playing well, give him another year contract because I don't see why not. Also, it's a bit part having a bit part player like that, you know, that can really affect the dressing room is priceless. And the fact, you know, this is one thing Chelsea do a lot. We get players that are quite near the back end of their career and we give them, they've got that last bit left in them and then they end up staying for four, five, six years. You know, I was against Pedro signing at the time. But he, you know, he's stayed for a lot of years and won a lot of things. And they seem to do it well, Chelsea. Seem to, and I think Silver as well, he's brilliant his first season, been brilliant now. I think he could still do that for one and a half seasons more, you know, maybe even longer. Yeah, I think it would be, obviously, I think Chelsea would love to keep him. I think it would be more, so I would think, obviously, it would be Brazil. I imagine he'd want to play in that World Cup. Yeah. And that would be his last hurrah trying to win a World Cup because that's really the only thing that he's really missing in his trophy accolade. And it's what, whether him being a bit part player at Chelsea potentially hinders that. And whether he may choose the idea of going to a Brazilian club where he'll probably more likely play, maybe not every week, but a more of a first team role. And obviously the Brazilian national team don't look at don't, do look at players in the Brazilian league and go it's it's okay it's a good enough standard for them so yeah, that could be the only thing that goes against it but uh, yeah I mean I'd love oh, I'd, I'd 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 love to I'd love to have him for another year I'd love to have him until he retires because even even if it's remember how I think Drogba was when he come back for his second spell barely ever played but he's He's a, he's just a, another leader in a dressing room. Yeah, one and just I, I wouldn't care if Thiago Silva played one game a year, but if he if he's bringing that leadership, it's worth every penny because he's fantastic. What did you think, Jesters? Yep, yeah, I mean, of course, I I'm the one who brought it up. I Thiago's class. Um, the only the only thing I'll say is I've seen this before another sports when the age thing turns on you <laughs> it's over and you'll see it you'll start seeing it in games you're like that's not tiago who what's going on here so uh i just hope that can stay away for as long as he's with us if it's another year and a half great if it's just the rest of this year great but uh Truly, one of the all-time greats. I'm, you know, I just, I hate that he's come into a, to a Brazil side that's kind of between attacking generations. You know, really, they, you know, Neymar is going to end up being hurt for most of the World Cup. You can, you can pencil that one in. Um, so, but that's probably the one trophy he won't win. Um, I think he'll win the Premier League this year. I think he'll he's won the Super Cup. He's won the Champions League. I don't know if he ever won Europa. I don't think he cared because he got the Champions League. Uh, Club World Cup. The only thing he might not ever win is the World Cup or, or an international trophy for Brazil. 
and that's kind of sad, but that's more of the Brazil team overall than him. He's just he's just class all the way around. And uh, you know, he kissed kissed the badge today. Just just a class class you know, if you if you have Conte there, you can put Tiago Silva right with him. I've never heard anything bad about Tiago Silva. I don't know if anybody else has, but another just gentleman, pure pure pleasure to have him play for Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even with without the World Cup, I mean, he, he's won obviously the Confederations Cup. He's won the Copa America. He's got silver and bronze medals at the Olympics for Brazil. So I think he's done any everything else he possibly can for the international team. And sometimes you just got to look and go, hey, it's not him. It's it's the team around him. So you can't you can't criticize him for that. Um, yeah, I think if he stays fantastic if he doesn't then that's fine as well because we've got players like Ru- hopefully Rudiger Christensen Aspi I assume will stay for another year you've got Kunde who could come in you've got Trevor Shallop coming up through the ranks we've got plenty of defenders on loan well Le- Levy Cole was playing really well so God knows what will happen with him we've got so much defensive talent if, if Thiago Silva stays are perfect but if he doesn't stay then that's fine to him wherever he goes or if he chooses to retire fantastic to the guy because he he deserves to do whatever he wants of his career because he is as I said, I'll probably say like, as, a defend, as a defender in terms of playing football I looked up to two players to try and mould my game around and that was John Terry and Thiago Silva and it, it always has been and I, I would have loved to have seen Thiago Silva at the club five, four, five, four or five years ago because we wouldn't have been in the situations we were if we had Thiago Silva. I think we would, if we if we had him under Mourinho, I don't think 15, 16 would have happened if it did as bad as it did. I think if we had him under Conte, I think we would have done well. Maybe Conte would have stayed. Obviously, we had the board problems, so maybe that would have just happened anyway. Even under Sari, we would have done well under Sari and Obviously, under even under Lampard, Silva played well. So maybe that just shows how good he is. Even under poor managers, he can do his best and play really well. So credit to him. I mean, just coming back onto the Werner stuff before we finish up. I mean, for me, I just look at last season. He he got twenty-seven goal contributions. Whether people want to put that up as oh he missed he missed a chance he he shot and crossed and. He missed shot become an assist because someone else tapped it in or whatever. The rubbish that people want to try and shame that on. But it's all right if you don't want Werner in the team. But the problem is when you take Werner out of the team, you need to replace them 27 goal contributions that he made. Now, yes, you've got Lukaku who scores goals. But in terms of the creativity, when you've got players like Mount, when you've got players like Havertz, Ziyech, and even to a point Pulisic, obviously I know it's the injuries, but to a point... They're not. They're not putting in. If they're not putting in the goals and the, the more importantly the assists that Timo has put, then why should we take Timo out? I'd rather have a player that is creating lots of chances for for him and other members of the team. Because it's not just the assists he gets; it's the assists he creates for others with his space. And then he misses a few of his chances. Then someone who is on the pitch and just doesn't create anything at all. Um, and that's what I don't get when. People really just slander Timo, even though, as we said, he's got so many goal contributions. I think it was the first time someone got double goals and assists 
in a Chelsea for Chelsea in a season since Hazard in 2012-2013. So that's saying something. Um, and yeah, I think to highlight 19 big chances missed, yeah, it's not great. And unfortunately, it's just a fault in Timo's game. And hopefully he can miss a few less this season and get a few more goals. But I'm, I'm happy with him playing today. He played 20 minutes and... I mean, the rest of the season he's barely played, and he's got he's already got an assist. Whereas Mount and Havertz have been struggling for the last three games and been getting nothing. So I feel like Timo should get another chance in this team. He showed today in the 20 minutes that he does have a very good link up Lukaku, and I do think Pulisic will probably have the same when he comes back. So that's why I think when people talk about again the Mount undroppable. I'm sorry, but you're not undroppable when you've got people like Werner, people like Pulisic, chomping at the bit to try and get in this team. When hopefully Ziyech with a shoulder injury, hopefully when that's completely back up the scratch, he doesn't have to wear that brace. Maybe we might see a bit better than him. Maybe we don't. Who knows? We'll split us up to Ziyech to see if we can show that. But he'll want to get back in the team. So, I don't know. I, I always just feel we need... We always play better with Werner, and it showed that again today. We always play better with Werner on the pitch because he does so much. Even the Kovacic chance that he missed, that was created because Werner drove the defender away going to the left, and the Lukaku was able to get the ball and slide it in for Kovacic. Obviously, Kovacic didn't take the chance in the end, and that's just a typical Kovacic thing, obviously. He hasn't been able to keep his shooting boots from Villa, unfortunately. But, yeah, I just, I just don't really understand the heavy criticism some people give Werner. Do you guys agree? Yeah. I, look, he's he is what he is. He's never been a, a clinical. He's more been a volume striker. But you, you laid the, the case out right there. Um, you've got to replace 27 goal contributions. We don't have that in our team right now. You'd have to do it with multiple players unless you brought somebody in that can give you that production. So uh, I also sent you a DM. I need you to check that DM. It's a madness. I'll have a look at it quickly. Marv, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's. I think he's massively underrated on the scale of things, especially regarding our team. And like like Jester says, those goal contributions are not flukes. They're not just, oh, yeah, he's tapped it across the goal because there's a lot of stuff that involves that. You have to get in behind first. You can't just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit up front and tap it across goal. You've got to first make the run or make the layoff, get in behind, then get the ball back across. And and you see, like, Mount there on the counterattack today, easy, simple ball to roll into Lukaku. He's played it to him too slow. Um, it's an art form. And you don't get that many contributions by fluking it. I think it's... It's crazy that people not rating Werner just because he misses a couple of silly goal chances. I mean, everyone misses chances, and and that's not cost us games. His contributions add to the team, and he added so much to our team last season, and he continues to do so now. So yeah, I think he we need to respect him more for for sure. Yeah, and I think I think people mention also like I I get the same debate of oh, but he's he's technical. He's not technically good as Eva. I'm like. Well, I'm not being funny. I, I don't care if you're technically gifted. Like Havertz. Havertz is technically, he's very technically, he's very silky, as we sing in the chant. But if you're not getting the goal contributions, I don't really care how it happens. It's not, I don't care if your touch isn't the best. But if, you, if, if your touch isn't the best, you still get the assist. I don't really care how it happens, as long as you get it. And, and until Havertz and others start putting in numbers that compete with Werner, 
I don't I don't see why we can't why why they should be in the team over Werner because at the end of the day they're not contributing enough. And I think just as I remember you a couple of streams ago in Sadiq's stream, you pulled up a stat which said exactly that. You the likes of Pulisic and Werner I think were level on zero point four oh contributions per game. I think Havertz was a little bit behind and then Mason Mount was back in zero point two nine contributions per game, which shows again that the levels between these players in terms of how they contribute to the team, obviously they all can improve in that aspect. Don't get me wrong. Werner's not the complete article, but I think we just need to have a talk about what what is the priorities with this front three with Lukaku, because it's just, it's an issue that I think people are very, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. People are very just, there's lots of agendas, there's lots of sides, and I just don't think people see the big picture. Do you guys agree? Yeah, well, of course, I did bring up that stat the other day, and it's Timo has the most goal contributions per game. This is not based on this year. This is last year in their Chelsea careers. So it's basically um, two years for Christian, one year for Timo, one year for Havertz. And then two years, of course, for Mason Mount, and one uh, one year for uh, Ziyech. And the order goes: Timo with most, I think, is 0.44 or 0.48. So every other game, basically, he gives you a goal or an assist. Christian as well is basically that. Um, go, you know, give you a goal and assist basically every other game. And then you drop down to Kai, who is. A little under every other game, maybe every one and uh, every one and a half to every two games, or every two and uh, every two and a half games. But Mountain Ziyech is every three to four games. They'll give you a goal or assist. And so, if you're looking at those numbers, and you have to say, look, I want the people who are who are going to create more, and. That's what you want from those positions. You have three attacking positions on the field. So you want your best three attackers on the pitch. And for me, that would be uh, Timo and, and Christian Pulisic, or at least having one of them on the pitch with one of the other guys. So that's that's my take, and that's why I brought that stat up. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think the best way to kind of have this, like, I, I always figured it would be you'd have one of the more number 10-like or like inside forward type players, the Ziyech, the Havertz, the Mason Mount, if you want to call it. And then on the other side, you'd have one of the more natural winger type players, such as the Pulisic, such as the Werner in a way. And if you want to include him, Callum hudson Um Because I think it just provides that balance. Whereas like, I, I think... Werner and Pulisic would work well together anyway as well. I don't get me wrong, but I just think it creates that balance of between having kind of that pacing behind or the one v one dribbling of Pulisic, but then you've also got the silky um, dribbling skills of and the techness of Havertz. You've got the creativity, hopefully, when it comes for Ziyech, and then the what or the work ethic of Mount, and then Hudson Odoi brings whatever Hudson Odoi brings. Um, but I think that's the way to go and hopefully that will fruition itself throughout the season I think Tuchel's got to figure out what is his best front three 
Um, I know he does like to pick it for certain games, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I think that sums it up. I mean, Lukaku kind of not really too much to talk about. I mean, he didn't have too much service, but he did the best he could with what he was given. So give him credit for that. And even when he doesn't get the ball, he's still trying to do stuff on his own, which is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great result. We love to beat Tottenham uh, and a 3-0 win against Tottenham we can't complain about. Um, that brings the end to what is another wonderful pod. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank Jesters. Thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. As always, thank you for having me. Pleasure to have you on. Um, and thank you finally to Marv. Thank you for coming on again. Very happy to be on. Great time top of the league. Let's do it, brother. Yes, indeed. Top of the league. We're going to come for this league. We're going to come for the Premier League. We're going to come for the treble. Where is the Chelsea? And we're going to do it this season.